Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I am your resident optimistic nihilist reminding you every day that the world is ending and you're going to die. So get your titty sucked right now. And I'm with the beautiful Flex. It is me. It's Flex. I am all about facilitating your own nut. It's a figurative and literal statement that encourages you to seek out your own pleasure and education. Wow. So in a nutshell, we're here to facilitate our own nuts, get our titties sucked before the apocalypse swallows us up. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Welcome to the church (laughs) of Bobo and Flex. (laughs) We're here to let you set aside your dumb bitch juice. Right. Let's get into it. Just some housekeeping before we begin. We do have a Facebook group called the Bobo and Flex group. You can access it from our Instagram page. Follow us on Instagram. And please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Music. Leave us a review. Give us five stars. Tell us what you think because it helps us make more content. Um, Follow us on Instagram at Bobo and Flex. Join our group for all the juicy conversations. Don't miss out. Join our book club through the group. And support us on Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Today we are talking about unconventional forms of love. I feel like this has been one of our most requested videos. Not videos, what am I saying? This has been one of our most requested episodes. So we want to talk about open relationships, non-monogamy, and everything in between. Um, Flex, some thoughts. Do you think that monogamy is outdated? Is it expired? Why do we still engage in it? What are we still doing? Or is there still room in society for monogamy and marriage? I don't know. I'm The concepts have their value. I think people are just trash. And so that trashness <laughs> bleeds into very fair concepts. I mean, when you're marrying yeah. someone for security for access, for resource, for love, whatever, for a better life for your children, whatever you want to do it for, that seems realistic. When you're engaging in a romantic relationship with one person for the duration of your life, that seems like it has some benefits. It's people and their inability to be consistent and their (laughs) warped like motivators that makes these concepts really hard to fulfill. So I'm here for no human, just me and the aliens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking one alien to heaven with me. (laughs) I'm not even a human. At this point, I don't identify myself as you guys. -uh. (laughs) Nuh-uh. I'm not from Earth. There's aliens, humans, and clowns. Which one are you? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like if you listen to us, you are one step away from not being a clown. Yeah. Congratulations. What do you um, think? I mean, outdated is such a heavy phrase. 
Yeah. What makes something outdated when it's not like entertaining anymore? Like when it doesn't serve our like base value, base um, motivators or like yeah, outdated for the way society is moving? <clears throat> yeah. Similarly to you, I don't think monogamy is outdated because realistically, well, there's the argument of like, are people actually monogamous or are people socially conditioned to be monogamous? Like, but true. You can and make also, for like, are we talking monogamy like one person per relationship or one person for the rest of At your life? Time. Because like, we've really like you see how we start, start to shift the the definitions slightly yeah. to suit us. If you've been with more than one person, you aren't by definition monogamous. Ooh. Monogamy is one person for life forever. Facts. So there, there <laughs> we have it. I think it's our expectations of love or our expectations of partnership that are outdated. Wait, hold on. Mm. I've just opened the dictionary and yes. there's two different definitions. One is the practice of marrying or state of being married to one person at a time. The second definition is the practice or state of having a sexual relationship with only one partner or the habit of having only one mate at a time. That's just not the same shit. But we digress. Please go on. Okay, well, if we're looking at monogamy as it is today, and I also think it is generational. um, But again, I think like the concept of marriage and monogamy, like all these things came about when was it during the industrial revolution when it was like no i think it came before that but anyway all these things were invented for the purpose of capital and so we introduce romanticism into the equation and all of a sudden everything explodes but the idea that like monogamy and love should be romantic is sort of the new thing and i feel like if we're gonna say that love if we're going to say that like our partnerships, our marriages should be romantic, then we need to come in with different expectations because monogamy does not sustain romance. So what is it actually going to be? What are your thoughts on marriage? Like, do you plan on getting married? Do you plan on having kids? Like, what's the plan? That is the fucking plan. I'm just yeah. trying to like race so quickly, like cut corners in the name of reaching the destination of a traditional traditionally successful life so find me my yeah. husband i might have two or three love give me it. my three to five kids give me my seven estates and seven different lifespans we're doing it <laughs> it's these like really conventional checkpoints that keep me motivated to keep living <laughs> really yeah oh i'm trying to figure out what my purpose is and so far i haven't figured it out quite yet so up until then these traditional milestones will give me like yeah the will I think purpose is also outdated. And <laughs> <laughs> all you hoes, let let it go. Cut yourself let it loose. go. <laughs> Honestly, I'm such okay, I wouldn't go as far as to say I'm a hedonist or is it hedonist? hedonist. However you say it. I mean we've got as- different accents. Yeah, who knows? I wouldn't go Also, side note, you don't sound that South African to me, but everybody I meet is like, oh my goodness. Like so like her accent is insane. I'm like, is it? What kind yeah, of accent do not, you think you have? Yeah, no, it's not South African at all. At all. But that's because, yeah. But also, it's funny because Americans think I sound British. The Brits think I sound Canadian. Canadians think I sound Australian. I just don't know Okay, what it for is. the next sentence, can you please do a stereotypical South African accent so people can hear 
that you don't sound that way? I need to bring someone on. I should like call Ugh. my mother in. <laughs> my mom has a proper, but I don't know. There's also like so many different, there's like the black South African accent. Um, sorry, that was my boyfriend. Wow. As, I know. As we wow. talk about monogamy, wow. speak of the devil. Is he I actually asked him. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, there's so many different South African accents. Like there's the black South African accent. There's the private, it's, it all differs by class and also race. There's like the mm-hmm. private school South African accent. There's the Afrikaans South African accent. Like there's the white British South African accent. So there's all types, but I just think I have an amalgamation of like geographies on my tongue. Ooh, that was poetic as fuck. Okay. Wow. Bitch, am I a rapper? You can tell this girl's read a book. You can tell. <laughs> 25 episodes in. <laughs> I think out. this bitch went to school. <laughs> yeah, so I just don't. I don't have um, a worldly accent. Again, I'm not of this planet. I'm from another dimension. And that's where this shit is from. So that's that on that. I'm blocking you. Please continue. (laughs) (laughs) What was I saying? Marriage, you will end up in McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even remember what I was saying. Um, Marriage, outdated concept. Marriage, oh yeah, I think love is new. Purpose, purpose. I've always been one of those people that's like, oh my god, I need to find my purpose. I need to find my passion. But I'm not really a bitch that has a purpose or a passion. I'm just a curious hoe who follows my curiosities and does whatever I derive pleasure from. So whatever gives me the most pleasure is what I'm pursuing. And usually the things that give me the most pleasure are the things that I'm curious about. So that's that. I really don't really have any milestones for my life. Except for like, don't ever become homeless. And yeah, buy as many estates as you can. But that's about like all the milestones I have. (laughs) I am down to live like Bob Marley and just have eight husbands who worship me and suck my titties in rotation. But that's about, like, the extent of my romantic plans. To live like Bob Marley. Meanwhile, Flex wants children and a husband. So that's interesting. Why do you think you want to get married? And lately, I've been feeling like getting married as well. And I I need to interrogate why. I don't know, actually. Is it the illusion of comfort of stability? Yeah, I mean, like, is it marriage or just a long-term partnership? I'll take either. I don't yeah. Really yeah, so what I want is a long, like, a life partner. And I feel like I found that, <laughs> I say, at my young age. Well, I asked my boyfriend yesterday, and I think this is a question that everyone should ask their partners before even they decide to get into a relationship. Ask them, like, what is your fundamental expectation of me or this relationship? And he said the only expectation he has is that we stay friends regardless of what happens. And I really fuck with that because shit will happen. Shit will hit the fan. He could meet another bitch tomorrow. Like, anything could happen. But I think fundamentally, the only expectation I have of our relationship is just, like, friendship. Like, let's just be 
best friends and help each other grow. But does this contradict with the idea of not having expectations in relationships? Because what if he said something that didn't align with what... What if he said something that wasn't desirable to you? Do you just... But that's why we have the conversation. Yeah, if but hypothetically, if he had said, yeah. I want at least six kids from you and a traditional form of being, if that didn't align with your standards of relationships, then do you take that information and leave or do you stay? I think you leave because if you don't have the same expectations, it's a losing game. If someone is in it for one thing and you're in it for something completely... I mean, it depends on also like the gravitas of those expectations. So for me, friendship is prioritized over... Or there should be an element of friendship in all of my relationships, whether they're romantic, erotic, sexual, familial, whatever it is. Even a business relationship should have an element of friendship. So for me, that is a priority as far as relationships as a whole. So that is my expectation in general of like all fr- all of my relationships across the board, not to the same degree, but that for me is like my one value. So if someone else comes in and their value is like, we need to make... 10 billion dollars within the next year and that's not my priority it's a losing game okay so just clarify because i know when we did the first episode on standards versus expectations yeah a lot of people were confused so you were saying don't have expectations but have standards please clarify right okay the difference between a standard and an expectation let's differentiate so a standard is a level of quality that you use to govern your own happiness Whereas an expectation is a hope or a belief that someone else will make you happy. So ultimately, a standard is you regulating your own happiness, whereas an expectation is you assuming that someone will or should make you happy. It doesn't work. Losing game. This was a concept that you introduced to everyone. So it was new to me when I heard it. Um, But similarly, I just feel like standards give you the impression that they govern your sense of being and they're immovable. Like if you have a standard, that's not swaying per person. That's just how you govern your own self and your behavior. Yeah. And I think you have a responsibility to communicate those standards. So your partner has a clear idea of who you are and how you contribute to the relationship. I think it's murky territory when you don't communicate your standards um, of yourself and don't communicate the standards of people you want to surround you and then expect that your partner is going to be a mind reader and it's going to fall into line. It's not going to happen. There we have it. So I think don't have expectations can be a little bit loose and it can be a little bit... um, it can be hard to understand, but that's the stretched out version of it. Yeah, basically. Standards, ask them to communicate their standards and the amalgamation of both are the guidelines for your relationship, like the guiding principles. Yeah. Expectations usually mean that you haven't said shit and you're now you're mad at your partner because they didn't know that you wanted your toes sucked daily and they've right. been doing it once a month. <laughs> <laughs> right. But again, like you should expect your partner to to abide by your standards but not because they're a mind reader because you communicate to them so there's also that there's no such thing as not having expectations as a human being but expectations should be a derivative of your standards and not vice versa i think that makes it easier to understand otherwise it is very vague and very murky what's been your um experience with unconventional relationships have you ever been in a open relationship have you 
Yeah. What's is that your, the only your... unconventional one? Like open, non-monogamous and polyamorous? Are those the only? Oh, well, my understanding is that open is an umbrella term. <clears throat> also, so for me, I'm currently in an open relationship. But I also want to clarify that open relationships, for me personally, have less to do with sex and eroticism and romance and more to do with transparency and communication. So when I say I'm in an open relationship, I'm not even really referring to a a specific format of romance. I'm referring to the extent of openness, transparency and communication that a certain relationship has. I'm not a believer that honesty is the best policy. Like Flex said, I believe that honesty is a good policy, but it's not the best policy. But I am a huge believer in openness and transparency and communication. But even those should be negotiated. And that, for me, constitutes open relationship. And so I feel like... I don't if get look it. At, what do you mean? <laughs> Wait, what so you, you mean open as in... So if you're in a monogamous relationship, A, it's rooted in possession. And that implies a few different things. A, it implies that you can't see other people because you're mine. You can't have sex with other people because you're mine. And that also assumes or implies that you're able to shut off your biological desires for other people because you're now mine. So the reason that I frame open relationships as less to do with formats and more to do with communication is because it's about negotiating your boundaries. So it's about me saying, I understand that you are a human being. And while you find me attractive, you're also going to find Rihanna attractive because me and Rihanna are both attractive women. So now we're over here going to negotiate. And it's not always sex. It could just be like you just met someone else who's also compelling and fulfills a romantic need of yours that I won't fulfill so it's not about saying there's already a hard rigid rule that says you're mine so you can't cross that it means we're going to communicate how we navigate those boundaries like does that mean you can go on dates with her does that mean you can date her are we both going to be dating you simultaneously does that mean there's going to be levels to the shit it's there's so many different nuances that I just feel like it can't be about formats because there's as many formats as there are relationships. So I just feel like open relationship really has more to do with communication. Yeah, nah, babe. <laughs> you Tell just, me why. Let, but it, are you about to fight with me again? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> From Let's my fight. understanding, you know I love a dictionary definition, just so we're yes. sure. And yeah. an open relationship is a non-exclusive relationship or an intimate relationship that is sexually non-monogamous. You just sound like you're in a progressive monogamish relationship. Wait, say that defini- the the last part of the definition you said. An intimate relationship that is sexually non-monogamous. That is sexually non-monogamous. Or a non-exclusive relationship. But don't you think that has more to do with communication and less to do with formats? I think they even that definition because monogamy implies you and me monogamy implies like it's this relationship exists in our vacuum but I think as soon as the vacuum is open now it's open interesting yeah so so yours is like kind of like circumstantial so while you both don't actively seek out other you know 
partners or relationships or whatever, if that were to happen, you would explore it. Yeah, so it's like I'm not actively seeking out anyone else. Like, I'm not actively seeking it out, but I can still do it. Because it only works with open communication. Otherwise, it's it's just called cheating. And that's, why, that's again, why I say it has oh, more to I do with communication. Oh, I see what you mean. You so you're what just, I, mean? I feel like you're just in a non-monogamous relationship. Oh, what's the difference between open and non-monogamy? I thought that I thought those were just synonyms. Well, open denotes that the relationship is just like unconventionally progressive. Like it just doesn't convey traditional relationship standards. But non-monogamous, because oh, like you, like your relationship from the outside in looks monogamous. It yeah. looks conventional. You are a man and a woman in a partnership together. Yeah. Whereas non-monogamous would imply that whichever way that relationship forms monogamy is just not a characteristic of it at all what would that and because right now because you're like you used an example of like rihanna i'm sorry babes but none of you are fucking rihanna tomorrow which means that are you trying to say that unless you two oh no i was just using that as like a basic example but are you like the bitch next door it's not as though like you are actively dating each other and other people. It just leaves room to say that if you had met someone who piqued your interest, that's not not the demise of your current relationship. It's just an exploration of a new format. Yeah, as in like, if I... So let's say I meet someone else and I'm interested in that person. I can pursue them romantically or sexually. Just because we're not monogamous, I'm doing it behind his back. We still must communicate that to each other. That like, I've met someone else... And I really want to pursue them romantically. And then you have that conversation. Didn't we talk about this before? Like, mm. I think we spoke about it in another, in another episode. How, like, there are kind of dynamics of monogamy under an... In, like, how do I explain this? Like, there is a dynamic, there's a name for it, where you um, are you know, living in a monogamous relationship under a non-monogamous umbrella. Yeah, this is just like ethical non-monogamy or consensual But wouldn't unethical non-monogamy just be cheating? Would it be? I mean, it is. How come cheating is unethical though? Because it's a form of betrayal, isn't it? Like everyone, so every human being is going to have different desires for other people outside of your current relationship. But the difference between being in a monogamous versus being in a non-monogamous one is whether the rules allow that, like whether that's allowed to be explored. I think it's also something that fluctuates for a lot of people's relationships. Um, so I have a friend, like, they have phases where they close their relationship up and it's just the two of them. And then they also have phases where they're just like, you know what, like, let's just see other people for whatever reason their reasons might be. But I think just because your relationship is closed in that semester or in that cycle, that doesn't mean you're not in an open relationship. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get that. It's just It just has more to do with, like, being open and flexible to change and to communication. Right. I guess monogamy is really just, like, being attached to, like, your one your one format of relationship which is like I am yours and you are mine and you know what I guess that works for people but I just question whether that is 
a social conditioning or whether we are biologically designed to be that way. And I'm just not convinced that we're biologically designed to be that way. Hmm. See, I'm, it's interesting though, because I have a few friends who are ethically and non-monogamous as we mm. now learn that new term. Um, and So what is unethical non-monogamous? Like the, the dictionary definition infidel infidelity in some ways i mean i think as you said uh like similar to what your dynamic is it's when you consensually discuss like the evolving parts of your relationship yeah. and like someone who was not ethically non-monogamous might be in a relationship with a primary partner go fuck other people and not say anything yeah so that's just cheating <laughs> is it though i mean it is because if I but go if you're, fuck if you're saying that you are, you. if you're non-monogamous, that like that is the umbrella term for what you're doing. Like you're not in a an exclusive partnership with someone. Oh, so to, to have to tell someone that when you fuck someone, oh, every time I see what feels you mean. like a little bit much. So I don't think that's unethical because you've already communicated to someone that we're gonna see other people. It's just not always necessary. Like we've already established what the parameters are. Mm. It's just if something changes. But again, that depends on everyone's relationship. Like. Yeah, absolutely. I could imagine that if you were in a non-monogamous relationship where you were like saving the discussion for when it was like a big deal, wouldn't your partner just feel blindsided every fucking time? Because I feel like there is an element of exclusivity, not exclusivity, but an element of like hierarchy when you're in a non-monogamous relationship. Like oh, a primary abs- partner, always. secondary partner. So if I'm your primary partner, we both fuck other people. I'm sure that's chill. But if six months goes by, you're telling me you're in love with a bitch I've never met before. Like, oh, yeah. What do you mean? I might want to know these things. But that's why also like open relationships, non-monogamy, just any unconventional form of relationship requires so much more emotional maturity and communication than people think. I think a lot of people confuse like unconventional forms of romance with just like, like I can cheat and get off the hook. Like people also like hypersexualize it and hypereroticize it when it's like no, you really require 10 times more the emotional maturity and communication skills to be able to execute this. Which what isn't do you define as cheating in like your dynamic? What is cheating? Cheating would be like you do something behind my back that we we haven't discussed or that we've discussed as off limits. Which is? Um, what have we discussed as off limits? I mean, we, what we've discussed as off limits is like not telling each other, like if we're gonna go do something. As in, like it's off limits for me to like go have sex with some other guy without having communicated that like hey i've met this guy i now want to have sex with him but it's not like every time i now go and see that guy i must tell you sounds complicated (laughs) does it like you can't just sound like like monogamy to me bitch (laughs) 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 she said she said i'm an ethical non-monogamous because it's all about communication yeah it is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she said oh it is all about but... how is it not <laughs> if i go and like do something behind your back without us having discussed it how would that not be cheating hmm because that's just me doing something behind your back but if we discuss that we can do this it's part how of often our do relationship you discuss and recalibrate the dynamics of your relationship 
I just feel like whenever there's a change. So there was like a time when he went to LA for like a week. And during that time, I met this guy. And I was like, yo, we've discussed like being open. And I want to go on a date with this guy. Like, are we cool to open the relationship in that way? And again, it also, again, has to be a mutual decision or else if it's not a mutual decision, then that's also cheating. Okay, so I'm not opposed to non-monogamy. I've had this conversation with you before just because I'm surrounded by people who do it and do it well. Yeah. My issue is with monogamy slander. I feel like generally non-monogamous people look to monogamous people as people who aren't self-actualized. Oh, yeah. you're, con- you, you're, like, you're shackled in by a relationship. You can't be free. This person's stopping you from, you know, X, Y, and Zing. Yeah, mm. I'm seeing that a lot of the issues or the concerns with that monogamous structure do bleed into non-monogamous relationships. Oh, If anything, they're much more complicated. And I feel like that's why, like, pushing the monogamous agenda is not a bad (laughs) thing. The agenda. Because just in this conversation, I'm trying to understand, like, where are your hard no's and hard yeses? And it's still a bit like, oh, but it's just about, like, you know, communication and X, Y, and Z. At least in a conventional dynamic, you have your hard lines. And if you can't subscribe to those, then you leave. Right, I agree with you. I don't believe in monogamy slander either because I think, A, non-monogamy creates as many problems as it solves. And B, it's just not for everyone. So Mm. I don't think everyone needs to do this, but I think you need to have the range to do what you're going to do. I am a flighty-ass Gemini bitch, and I know that my desires and my love will never be tied to one person. And I can see how it would be complicated for someone else, I feel like I do have the range to be non-monogamous because it suits how I am romantically and sexually. It's also about self-awareness. So defining in what ways you are monogamous and in what ways you're not monogamous. Like I'm by and large sexually monogamous, but emotionally and intellectually like non-monogamous. So that's another factor that has to play in and like should be discussed. It's not really about hierarchies and which is better or worse. It's about knowing what your range is and who you are in relation to that range. I do think that a lot of people are just monogamous because it's a social norm as opposed to because that's just how they're biologically designed. Or the average person literally cannot get more than one person to date them. Don't play. (laughs) (laughs) Don't act like these hoes are out here being like, I'm just like, you know, I really want to be with multiple people. Just say you can't. And that's why you're with the one person you're with. I agree with you completely. I feel like that is another factor. We need to talk about how your appearance affects your range for non-monogamy and monogamy. But not only your appearance, but like, how much jealousy is a crippling factor for you. I don't believe in rejecting jealousy and envy and all of those things. I just think that like jealousy is a natural part of life. You're going to be jealous in your career. You're going to be jealous in your friendships. You're going to be jealous throughout your life in different ways. Manage it in your romantic life the way you have to manage it in the rest of your life. If you don't have the range to do that, stay in your lane and be monogamous i think it was um scarlett johansson who wrote this like obnoxious letter 
or article or whatever it is. And she was like, honestly, I'm just too attractive to be monogamous. It's not realistic for me. I'm way too attractive. People hit on me all the time. It doesn't make sense for me to be monogamous. And people just need to understand that and stop judging me. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? That's kind of an obnoxious letter, but that's fair. Like, that's your lived experience. And the truth is, there just are a lot of people where, like, your skin suit doesn't allow for that for that lifestyle. And that's In just other words, you're is. too ugly to have more than one partner. <laughs> <laughs> she really said, it's just like your skin suit doesn't allow for that kind of lifestyle. <laughs> Flex, can you be diplomatic? Can you... <laughs> Flex okay. is out here calling us ugly. <laughs> I want to understand, um, because yeah. obviously, like, realistically, the only way to really know if you are capable of being in a non-monogamous, non-monogamous relationship is to be in one. But if you are not in one... Really? I don't know that do I agree you- with that. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wouldn't you just know that, like... I've it's been like with all things. It's like, you know, you could you could be like, oh, you know. Actually, uh, no, you are right. Be, yeah. I can tell I'd be, uh, I'd be fine on um, on ecstasy. And you might take it and find no. <laughs> or yeah. you might try something really spicy. And be like, no, I can handle spice. And you start crying. I feel yeah. like there are a lot of scenarios where you, you might idealize how you'd behave. And then push comes to shove. And you realize you're a jealous, possessive hoe. Yeah. So for the average person, because I, I can understand that transitioning a monogamous relationship into a non-monogamous one can be quite difficult. Mm. I think it'll it'll bring up a lot of insecurities people have about possession and partnership and everything. Yeah. So what are some steps you can take to open up that kind of dialogue with your partner without making it about them? Similar to cheating, as we've discussed before, often it's symptomatic of a greater issue with yeah. the person who cheats as opposed to you. I would find that in a lot of dynamics, if I went to a partner and said, hey, I want to open it up, they would consume that or or digest it as something is wrong with you and I need more elsewhere. Yeah. So what are some tips that you have as someone who's in an open relationship on transitioning out? Yeah. Well, A is accepting that you are going to run into problems of communication because that's just what it is. And B is also recognizing that it takes two people. And so if you have the reign, this is another situation that I see happening more often than not, is one person wanting to be monogamous and the other one settling for that relationship because they feel like they can't get another relationship. So they'll just pretend, they'll just pretend to not be monogamous just so they can be with this one person. So that's not going to work. And so it's about like recognizing that both of you have the desire to do this I think in my last relationship, I was like, that's when I was starting to question whether I'm monogamous or not, because I really just wanted to cheat all the time. But I always thought that I was a very monogamous person because I am a jealous, possessive bitch. But what I've realized is that like the the extent to which you are jealous and possessive very much depends on the person that you're with. 
And a lot of times you're jealous and you're possessive, not because that's naturally who you are, but because you're with someone who's not trustworthy. And it's or hard someone for who's us. starving you for emotional yeah, support and love. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's hard for, especially in this culture of like gaslighting and lack of self-awareness, it's hard for a lot of us to differentiate between the two. Like, am I a jealous, possessive bitch? Or is this guy just an asshole? A lot of the times that nigga's just an asshole. I don't, I'm really not of the belief that most of us are jealous and possessive naturally. I'm just of the belief that a lot of us are accustomed to unhealthy, toxic relationships that trigger that sort of jealousy and possessiveness that's not natural within you. I think this is the first time that I'm in a relationship that I feel, actually, just a few days ago, um... My boyfriend came over to tell me that, like, his ex started texting him. His ex texted him to apologize for the fuck shit. I won't even go into it. But basically, the way they broke up was messy, and she did some fuck shit. And she texted him to apologize. And he came over to be like, we had a conversation. We've rekindled. We've made friends. I'm not, like, pursuing anything romantic, but I want to know if it's cool with you if I'm friends with this person. And, like, that that type of emotional maturity is what is required for you to not be possessive and jealous. Because old me, in any old relationship, would have been with someone who would have started talking to his to his ex who would have not said anything and then I would have become suspicious and then just jumped to conclusions and accused him of like all types of different things but because we just have a strong foundation of communication I'm not that person so it's really important to like understand that little nuance and then you go from there And it's like, that's really all it comes down to, honestly, is mostly just being with someone who's not trash and you being self-aware to know your limits. Okay, but I've got a a concern about that one, though, because Mm. I'm, from what I'm hearing or how I can imagine that would be interpreted by a lot of people is that if you feel jealous or insecure in a relationship, it's your partner's fault. Oh, no, that's not what I'm saying. But you know no. what I mean? So I'm trying to yeah. understand, like, realistically, if it's not something your partner can help you with, how are you supposed to, like, um, compartmentalize your own feelings of jealousy, how they're triggering you, and then being in a, being in a non-monogamous relationship? It just sounds like you need to do so much self-work. Yeah, or you, you become the weakest link. I mean, before we even got into this relationship, I had already laid out my insecurities. Like, I have issues with colorism. I'm insecure about this. I Like... You need to also be, you can't be shy or like scared to be vulnerable with your partner about your insecurities because they will inevitably trigger them. Like it's up to you to also be aware of what they are and then it's up to you to communicate them and also up to your partner to communicate to you what his or her insecurities are because relationships are all, I just also don't believe in like pure compatibility. Like no one is ever 100% compatible with anyone. Like, Mm. relationships are just a process of negotiating your insecurities and boundaries. It's all a process of negotiation. And if you're too scared to do that, this is not your portion then. I got that (laughs) phrase from you, by the way. (laughs) I feel it. (laughs) Like, it's not... It suddenly resonates. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I do have a question, though. Yeah. Um, So, as we've talked about, when you're in a non-monogamous relationship, it's obviously... 
you know, you, one would assume that you are open to communication and, and, you know, redefining the dynamics and the barriers in said relationship. Would you ever consider monogamy in your current dynamic? Wait, do you mean like permanently or do you mean like secretly? Yeah. Like, so let's say that you, you, you maintain this dynamic. Yeah. And this person is your person, your life partner, but now it's gotten to a stage where they've suggested that they would prefer monogamy because perhaps they're uncomfortable or they don't have the, the want to pursue other people and they would prefer that the dynamic was balanced in that way. What would you say to that? How do you think you would approach that? I guess it would just have to... I can't even imagine that. I mean, mm. I don't think that's possible permanently. I think, again, I think there are going to be seasons where we'll fluctuate. And it also just depends on, like, the context of where we are and what we're doing. If we didn't agree on, like, he wants to be completely closed and I just want to date you and I want to be seeing five other people, we would just have to not date. And maybe we just not date for that period of time. But again, I just don't believe that anything is permanent and I also feel like fundamentally our relationship is rooted in friendship. So even if we don't date, we're not attached to the romance or we're not loyal to the romantic aspect of the relationship. It's more like loyalty to our friendship. You know? I feel that. Yeah. I'm so just trying to like to dilute it down to its its simplest form because I know a lot of people like this is a question we get weekly. Talk more about yeah. non-monogamy, how to navigate it, how to, you know, redefine your current monogamous relationship, how to talk to someone new about it. I feel like a lot of people are getting a lot of misinformation about what it is to be in any relationship structure that sits under that umbrella. And a lot of misinformation comes from the fact that there is no one way to handle any relationship. Similarly to monogamy, there there's no, not one yeah. way to be monogamous. But I feel like if there was some more clarity around the difficulties of being in one, that would inform somebody's motivation to be in one or to not be in one. As Because yeah. I often find that people sell it to you by saying, oh, it's everything that monogamy isn't. You know, it's not about possession. No, it's not Everyone's that free at all. to be and evolve and whatever. And while that may be that, like that for some people, what are some of the concerns you or someone you know is experiencing? Which oh, well, jealousy someone, for sure. Right. So here's a conversation we had the other day. I sat my boyfriend down and I was like, I think you should start having sex with other women um, for just a host of reasons. And so he was shook. Yeah, he was shaking in his boots and he was like, but you know that you're insecure about X, Y, Z. You know that you have possessive tendencies. Why would you want to self-sabotage our relationship if it's already going well? And I had to explain to him, like, yeah, I am a, a possessive, jealous bitch, but I'm not possessive of your love. I'm possessive of our relationship. And I'm at the point also right now where I'm just like, A, it's just like a sexual fantasy of mine. I know it's maybe this is absurd or weird, but it's just a sexual fantasy of mine to, like, <laughs> the person that you attract just the idea that of the person that you're attracted to having sex with someone else is a fantasy of mine and b i'm just at the point where like i trust it enough where i'm not possessive of his love so if you are seeing someone else and it doesn't affect our relationship directly why am i pressed 
mm. you know what I mean? I also I don't think that can happen off the jump. I feel like that takes some time. It takes time to get to that point, which is another point of like I think romance as a whole is really simple, but we make it complicated. And we make it complicated by like adding all these rules and all these ideas about what it needs to look like. And there is no one way of what it needs to look like. You just need to like coordinate it and edit it into whatever makes the both of y'all comfortable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To answer your question of like what are some concerns? Of course you're going to have concerns about oh my god, like what if she leaves? What if he or she leaves me for someone else? You're going to have concerns of like jealousy. You're going to meet another bitch and be envious that she's prettier than you, that she's richer than you, that she's more successful. Like you're going to have all of those things even when you're in an open relationship. Even like regardless of whatever format you're in, you're going to have those. You just have to be a big bitch and negotiate them and like deal with them. But there's no cure. Like there is no cure for jealousy. I think that's another myth that like polyamory and open relationships are the cure to jealousy. There's no cure to jealousy, there's no cure to envy, there's no cure to possessiveness. There's also no cure to toxicity and I don't think there needs to be. And you just have to negotiate and communicate. I really think all of this is really simple honestly. Like it really is, hey. <laughs> I think this is mad simple. Like just communicate what you want. <laughs> I think of all the things that we've discussed, though, this feels like the most difficult for me to tell the average person. Because I know the average person is insecure. They're unrealistic. um, Yeah, we all are. You know what the issue is? That's what I'm saying, the average person. And so this is a tricky one for me to try and uh, advocate for a condone because I just don't know how it translates for the average person who's still asking us questions about how to be confident and like how to not care that you're overweight and like it's like these I don't think that these are concepts that I would be keen to not even push but to advocate for just because I don't think the average person has the range (laughs) range. and so I'm trying to really pull out like the real intricacies of what it is to divide your time love affection over multiple people intimately for and also like i think like non-monogamy sounds easy when it's you at the center of it benefiting but i think it can easily become imbalanced like most things oh, absolutely are. and like it's always going to be imbalanced yeah Let how do you recover or persevere from that imbalance because like we said i think when you're in a dynamic that is open yeah in a in an ideal world you two would be both getting a lot of attention and, and you know romantic attraction for people whatever but like in a realistic world you might not find that to be the case you could be wanting and yearning for someone else to like you know come scoop you but it's just your partner getting that kind of attention then yeah. what do you do how do you manage that and i just don't think it's that simple and so a lot of us are kind of getting finessed into thinking that that's a realistic arrangement yeah, for us that but is i don't think finesse. it is i feel like there is a non-monogamy agenda happening <laughs> <laughs> i really do because i'm just looking at all these people who are like terribly insecure trying to juggle multiple relationships because they've been told it is the cure yeah <laughs> I don't really it's think in it the is. same way that like I feel like a lot of women are pursuing dating women because it seems easier than dating men. Bitch, dating women, if it's not more complicated, it's just as complicated as dating men. So there's no cure. In the same way that, like, there's no cure for your insecurities. In my very specific relationship right now, the reason being open works is not because, like, 
I'm not an insecure bitch. I'm not a jealous bitch. It's not because like I found the perfect person, but it's because that him and I are compatible in the way that we handle and navigate conflict. And we're also compatible in the way that we communicate. And like, you need to find... It just, it's not going to work just because it is a concept that works. It has to work because two people are committed to making it work, but are also compatible in the ways that they make it work. I don't know. I feel like if you don't have the range for monogamy, you don't have the range. No. How, how can I say how it? Can I put say this? how you feel because <laughs> something was bubbling. Something was sizzling on your skin. I was going to say, if you don't have the range for monogamy, you probably, or if you don't have the range for non-monogamy, you probably just don't have the range for romance. And that's more the core of the issue. (laughs) It's not so much that people don't have the range for non-monogamy. It's that people don't have the range for romance to begin with. Because there's lack of self-awareness is rampant. Refusal for emotional labor is rampant. Refusal to extend yourself for another person and yourself is rampant. There's so much like refusal to take risks to love like vulnerably vulnerably to take the time to like learn someone else and to learn yourself to do the work to be self-aware all of this you need to have the range for romance to begin with and sometimes it's just a time thing like it also just depends on like do you have the time or the will to prioritize your relationships and sometimes you don't And, like, Mm. that's fine, too. I'm also... I feel like there's a romance agenda. Not everyone needs to be in a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Not every day (laughs) wasting your time on a boy. Like, do you actually have the Advocate for unrequited love. (laughs) Yes. This is why I'm an advocate for unrequited love. Because if you don't have the range for requited, bitch... Just have a good time and leave it at that. Like, not everyday husband. Like, just let it be casual and leave it at that. Unrequited love is not casual. That's not casual. But you know what? Let me know. You're just... Let me know. Wow. (laughs) Okay, no, you're right. It's actually not... It can be. Anything it's just, it's on the spectrum perception. of infatuation is not casual. You've but invested hours. You, like, anybody who's in an unrequited love situation is almost an expert because the 10,000 <laughs> hours you have invested into delusion, come on now. I am crying. It's not always infatuation. You can have like an unrequited crush and you're over that. That's nigga, not like, unrequited. That's not what you said. It's unrequited love is what you said. Bitch, it all exists on a spectrum. Okay, unrequited. Let's not call you. it. Let's not call it unrequited love. Let's call it unrequited wow. feelings. <laughs> unrequited what? Unrequited feelings. Oh my god. But anyway, <laughs> love is an action and not a feeling. But now we're going from unrequited love to unrequited feelings. I okay. am finished. Okay. We've had okay, this cool. conversation. I will beat <laughs> you. <laughs> I can't believe I have to threaten to beat you. Honestly, <laughs> I kind of like it. Bobo wants to flirting with me. <laughs> so now you want me to abuse you. Yeah. I see. <laughs> you see where I was getting at? 
was a cry for help. It was I'm a cry done. For help. Okay, so you're not for the the open the non-monogamy agenda. Do you feel like you'd ever go into that? Like, do you feel like you'd no, ever... No, I'm all about it for self-actualized people or people who are committed to being self-actualized. I feel Wait, but like a lot of people just aren't doing... They're, like, they're not self-aware. They don't know their triggers, their schemas. They don't know how they affect other people and how people affect them. They're, like, There's so much happening <laughs> yeah. that I feel like will get in the way of what could be a really nice dynamic. And I just feel... Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah, but- again, the average person does not have the range. And so I just don't want to like give anyone any ideas. It's not for you, ho. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. But if you're all of those things... Don't date to be like, don't go because <laughs> you're ruining everyone else's life. <laughs> if you are not willing to do the work to self actualize, don't ruin anyone else's life. Like, for what? And honestly, this message is more for men because I feel like men just skate through life without doing any internal work and then they date without any type of self awareness or any idea about how they affect others. And it's like, don't date, don't go into romance, non-monogamy or monogamy. Just stay out of it. Stay out of it completely. But I'm with you. Um, I think there probably is an agenda (laughs) to get everyone on this, like, open relationship wave. What do you think are some of the ingredients for it to work? Like, if you're someone who wants to try it out... What do you think are some of the core tenets for this to work? Um, the first thing is to understand that romance is a privilege and not a right. Oop. There we <laughs> go. I think that's the first one, and a lot of us just aren't on it like that. Um, I think the second... Oh, did you hear that? What? Okay, good. Sorry, no, it's just my um, my computer's doing... Oh, fuck! Jeez, I need to turn off these notifications. Um, the second thing you would need to consider a non-monogamous relationship is to unpack your motivations and then unpack the reasons for those motivations. Yes. We spoke about it in a few episodes a few episodes ago where I said that I didn't know why I wanted to be in a relationship, which meant that when I was trying to engage with people, my actions and my words and everything were all like skewed and flawed and, and just like subject to change like based on any kind of interaction. Similarly, when you're in a non-monogamous relationship, we've all been fed a similar rhetoric about how it's the cure to yeah. all of rela- all of your relationship woes. So understand what your motivation is and then unpack that and do it again and again and again. Um, I think those two will kind of help you out. Just like don't get sucked in. And I also don't I also don't think that non-monogamy is the height of being progressive either. Same. Because you we have a lot of unethical non-monogamists. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like fuck boys and fuck girls got popular, fuck people got popular <laughs> for a reason. It's a very easy way to um, to exercise to your render yourself boy-ish. void of responsibility for mm-hmm. other people's emotions, you know? Exactly. Um, and I think also like being a non-monogamous person is kind of like being a freelancer. Like you assume <laughs> when you do it, like you'll have uh, like more time for yourself and like <laughs> just be a bag of fun. Or, like just me living my life, gang, gang, what's up? And then you realize you're in charge of so many people's emotions, their needs, their wants and all that shit. Yeah. So you need to be good at time management. And obviously being a good communicator, but I don't think people are good communicators. I know Ooh. like I'm good at talking and I'm learning how to be a better active listener. 
But I don't think I'm a good communicator. Mm. What do you think is the difference? <laughs> I feel like a good communicator makes sure that they're articulating perfectly, but they're also making sure that their intention has been received as intended. Right. I don't know a lot of people who do that. People just talk and hope that people kind of get what they mean. Yeah. But to be a good communicator by definition is to ensure that everybody you speak to understands what you're saying in the way you intended to say it. People misunderstand me all the time and right. I literally cannot be bothered correcting them. And so unless I'm going to do that work, I can't identify as a good communicator. Mm. I think that, yeah, I agree with you. I do think most people are not good communicators because we go to school to waste our time learning about rocks, but not learning about <laughs> anything useful like communicating. Learning about rocks. <laughs> no, like dead ass. Like you went to school to do learn algebra. Do you mean algebra. the moon? <laughs> I mean Mars. <laughs> like you spent 15 years in school learning algebra, but you don't know how to communicate. So the education system has failed us. We don't know how to manage our relationships. And unless you're doing the work to learn, it's just... But again, like, I also think you do need to be a loving person. Like, I don't think a psychopath should be in a open relationship um you're dealing with so many people's feelings i think a huge ingredient of love is like you need to have the will to extend yourself for someone else's well-being and your own well-being and i also i just also think like that's not a trait that we've been conditioned to have like the will to like extend yourself for someone else i just don't think we've been taught how to do that a lot of times yeah that's hectic yeah and so if you're not willing to do that it's it's just gonna be a no it's gonna be a no so there we have it on um unconventional forms of love that was a lot. That whole episode. I'm still processing. Yeah. I would... Okay, if those of you who are listening, if you have suddenly, maybe in the last three to five years, been toying over the idea of non-monogamy, please let me know what influenced you, if you've acted it on it, and yeah. why, and how that's gone. And if you haven't acted on it, why is that? Because I think that'll say a lot about, like, the disconnect between people yearning for it or it being a conversation topic yet not hearing much about it. I know a ton of people who'd be like, oh my God, I would definitely do it. But then the moment they have romantic interest, they default to monogamous standards. (laughs) (laughs) Was that a drag? (laughs) That was was a drag and a half. (laughs) And also, yeah, I would also say like, think about, it's like marriage. I think like a lot of people get married because they think marriage is designed for romance. When in reality, marriage is designed to sustain families and wealth. So if that's not your goal, why are you getting married? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And so, yeah, like just really like actually think about why you do things instead of just doing them because that's what everyone else is doing. Like even if you want to have kids, do you need to have kids with your romantic partner? Is that sustainable? What are your other options? Like, always think about your options because you have them. Even if you don't have free will, you do have options. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 
so depressing. I just... <laughs> I literally have contact depression. Leave me alone. <laughs> and even if you don't have the free will, you do have options. <laughs> you really tried it. So there we have it. One thing I did want to talk about is possessiveness, actually. Mm. Um, I am quite skeptical of it. Like, why are we possessive of sex and love? Because if it's something that's so revered, surely it should be something that's shared. And surely it should be more natural to love more people. Why are we so possessive of these things? Because life is a competition and you have to win. <laughs> Capitalism. You see? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, do you know what? I just think we haven't been shown very good um, reference points for the alternatives mm. do you know what i mean like very often when you're looking at when you've been told stories about people who have gone against the grain yeah it's not usually a success story or if it is the odds are so low that people just default to what they see and know mm. which is like possession entrapment yeah i agree blah blah i i agree i think as much as there's an agenda for non-monogamy i think there's also an agenda for monogamy by capitalism Absolutely. Um, it's definitely designed by capitalism to keep us enslaved. So also keep that in mind when you are pondering over why it is that you're, that you're monogamous. Like, are you that way because that's who you are? Or has capitalism conditioned you to be that way? Does it really matter either way? Um, I think it Do does. Reckon? I think your happiness is dependent on... Like, whether you're, you're conscious of your decisions or not, you know? But let's say you found out that you are the way you are because it's you and, like, it's, it's of your doing. Yeah. Then what happens? Like, are you going to suddenly change how you behave? Wait, when you say it's of my doing, as in, like, I've created myself? Yeah. No, but if I've created myself, then surely it's because this is who I want to be. But mm. if I found out that I am the way I am because capitalism... And I am. There's a lot of parts of me that are the way they are. The way I dress, the way I post pictures on Instagram, the way I like do a lot of things is because capitalism has conditioned me into beliefs about my femininity, what it means to be valuable, my sexual energy and eroticism as cultural capital. Like, all those are things that have been conditioned mm. but what i'm saying is like how much of it is because obviously it's your interpretation of your of your conditioning so like how much of it has been direct conditioning and how much of it has been you feeding into a narrative to support that conditioning Ooh, you know what i mean because like it's very like it's just a really convenient truth to say that capitalism did this to all of us all of it <laughs> but it's like what if capitalism only did 40 percent of it and we're just here doing the rest of the work yeah, well, we I think are we slaves are slaves to it. <clears throat> I mean, I don't, I don't like to think of capitalism as like just a puppet that's controlling us. It's the puppet that we created and we continue to create to control us. So even in the ways that we are enslaved, I think we we definitely play a part in that. Um, so I think like, yeah, absolutely. It's not all like everyone else. It's also us being trash. We're all collectively yeah. trash together. But inherently good, as Boba would say. Absolutely. <laughs> and that will uh, be honestly, your saviour. 
cannot. <laughs> Flex, we're all going to heaven together. I need you to Good. just. <laughs> I swear I'm bringing back segregation if we do. <laughs> Get them away from me. Flex said she's bringing back segregation. This is terrorism. <laughs> Delete them. <laughs> Not in my kingdom. I'm done. Well, there you have it, guys. I hope you've answered some questions. I'm not entirely sure why this was such a highly requested topic. Yeah, somebody please tell us why. I want to know. Yeah. Because I'm also not really consuming that much non-monogamous content. Same. It's not as though it's a common theme in, like, movies or music I'm yeah. watching. So it's almost like who's, who's like, not who's planting, but, like, what has been your entry point to this kind of discussion and what's yeah, made you want to understand so more about it? Yeah, why is it so fascinating to you guys? And why did you need our critique or um, discussion on it? That's just what I'm trying to understand. Same. Also, maybe we should have, like, asked people what questions they have. <laughs> no, but usually when we do that, people don't really ask questions. Like, whatever you want to talk about, we'll listen to. Yeah. And then the questions come after we do an episode, which means we'll do a follow-up. Facts. That's what we'll yeah. do. Because, yeah, I don't know if this was helpful or not. Because I don't really know. It like, is. You're actually was... in a non-monogamous, uh, an open relationship. So I feel like that is helpful. I suppose, To see how it actually yeah. works. Yeah. Facts. That's the closest most people will get to it. Facts. But yeah, there we have it, guys. Let us know your thoughts on this episode. Um, And we'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Bye, Batch. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm.